Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with The Fall Guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Pyotr. 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 It's a shame they couldn't see me raising my hands, raising the I roof. I know we were raising yeah. the roof over here. Yep, yep, hell yeah. What's going on, ladies and gentlemen? Welcome back to another episode of the Trek and the Storm podcast. My name is Brandon. That's Matt. Uh, a little bit of a short episode this week. We. Are living that busy life right now, as we've kind of explained to you on the past couple of podcasts. Alex is not on with us tonight, um, but we got lots of stuff to talk about. We are in the last week of the regular season. The Hurricanes have clinched the Metropolitan Division. Um, I would have to look at the record again, but aren't they, if they win tonight against the Devils, I'm pretty sure they, actually, they might have already clinched the best record in franchise history. They I, have. I don't remember. Yeah, They I, have I the most they points they, and wins. Right, they surpassed. I know that uh, 2016, the one in the Stanley Cup was 52, 22, and 8. And I believe that Rangers game was their 53, 53rd win of the season. So that's impressive. Uh, obviously, the team has kind of turned it back around lately. And a big cog in that happening has been 22-year-old Piotr Kachikov. So I figured this was the natural start for us this week and probably a place that we're going to spend a lot of time talking um, and I'm going to bounce an idea off you. Uh, I actually thought about <laughs> making an article about this. Unfortunately, I've been so damn busy. I, I haven't been able to write as much as I'd want to lately. I'm about to start on a prospect profile for the 2022 draft. But oh, yeah. other than that, I just haven't been able to write like I have in the past. Hopefully that's going to change now that I'm almost done with my training at my new job. But I was kind of thinking, it's looking like the Hurricanes are going to the, play the Boston Bruins in the first round. Um and Frederick Anderson, you know, Rod Brendamore, I did hear a radio interview earlier today where he was talking about the potential for Anderson to be back sometime, but they don't have a direct timeline yet. They're going to probably know more once he actually gets back on the ice and starts skating a little bit. But how do you feel about Piotr Kachikov being this team's starting goaltender in round one? Because I, I, and I'll, I'll explain my reasoning behind this a little bit. First of all, Rita's has just been hurt a little bit. We don't know, you know, we're going to see him tonight against the Devils, so we're going to have a little bit more information, but that's still only one game. Kachikov's been really frigging good, man. Like, the only the reason I would hesitate like... is he has three games of NHL experience, whereas sure. Ronta has a lot more than that. Absolutely. And I think if Ronta struggles, 
the Canes would be more willing to explore it. But if the Canes, but I think Ranta is more of a sure thing, if that makes any sense. Like, you know what you're getting with Ranta. Piotr is still very unproven at this level. Sure. Three games is not a big sample size. No, it's not. And, and that's, and that's true. And, and at the end of the day, I'd probably lean that way as well, but I, I do think the way he's played, he's at least opened up that conversation and there's something to be said for riding the hot hand. It, it kind of seems like the kind of guy that just provides a lot of energy. You know, he's got this young kind of energetic air about him and the hurricanes have played well in front of him. So I don't know. I, I, I just thought it was at least an idea or something they could be thinking about. Um, actually, back to that radio interview I was listening to earlier, it was uh, Rod was on with Adam Gold and, and, and Adam was like kind of trying to trip him up and saying, so you're just resting Peter tonight, Peter tonight ahead of game one. Right. Like kind of like messing with him, trying to get it, trying to see if Rod would say, oh, yeah, yeah. He just needs tonight off to be <laughs> ready for game one. He was obviously kidding. But yeah, you know, I, I was just thinking about it and I was just like. I would love to see it. And, and you know, I, I'm high on the kid. Obviously, we all are. But I would probably revert back to like you said. You know, it's probably Rance's net for now. It's a lot of pressure to put on a 22-year-old kid with, like you said, three yeah. games of experience. But still, it's been a very, very promising start. And it's definitely been very exciting. I think, if anything, this recent stretch has opened up the conversation for maybe moving on from Ronta next year. Yeah, sure. Um. Not that Ranta has been bad, but at the same time, Kochetkov's in this weird place where he's clearly too good for the AHL. (laughs) And I think he's good enough to play at the NHL level right now. Well, that's the thing. And if it's best for his development, you know, if you don't think he's going to get that much out of being in the AHL, I think that's got to be the move. I think you do need to move on from Ranta and, you know, give him that backup slash one B job in the NHL to see, you know, how he does. And I mean, Anderson's getting a little older too, you know, who knows how next year works out. Maybe he doesn't replicate the success he had but uh, this season and maybe Kachikov pushes for a lot of starts next year. Yeah. So I do think we should probably talk about our first round or our likely first round opponent, which is um, the Boston Bruins. So Obviously, the Carolina Hurricanes have dominated the Boston Bruins this season. I think outscoring them like 16 to 1 in three games. But as we've seen in the past, that does not matter in the playoffs. So how do the Hurricanes maintain that momentum knowing that Boston is going to be a different team in the playoffs? Right. And, and I think that's that's an important part of this is, A, they've added a couple pieces since then, especially Hampus Lindholm's made a pretty big impact for them on the back end. Swayman's had a little bit more time to settle in as their starting goalie since Tuka Rask retired midseason, kind of out of left field. Um, and they dealt with a lot of injuries. I'm pretty sure in at least one of those games, they were missing like two thirds of the perfection line. And you know, like a bunch of guys were out. I can't remember exactly. It's been so long now, but yeah, this is definitely one of those situations where you say, okay, they dominated the regular season, but that's probably not something you want to put too much stock in. Um, but I, at the same time, I think the Hurricanes are the better team. They got home ice advantage. 
And I don't, it's going to be probably at least a six game series just because it's the Bruins and they've been here before and they play a style that, you know, can give the Hurricanes some trouble at times. I do think the Hurricanes end up winning, but um, yeah, it should be a fun series, especially considering, you know, this is a team that the Hurricanes want to knock out of the playoffs, like shut up all the mass holes and, you know, finally have a little bit of bragging rights after they got knocked out by the Bruins twice. Maybe Chip Alexander will not get shut out or not get hung up on on Boston radio this time. Man, I, when that happened, that, that actually made me mad. And I probably shouldn't have let it make me mad like it did. But, like, Chip is such a meme within our, you know, Kane's, Kane's land. But we'll defend the hell but out of him. Exactly. It's like, we can make fun of him, but you cannot make fun of him. Because... Because theirs wasn't poking fun at Chip necessarily. It's poking right. fun out of the state in general. That's true. Um, so I just, I've said it before. I've, I'll say it again. The Canes need to beat the Bruins this year because that's going to be like exercising demons. Yeah. And it's definitely going to give them a lift moving forward, don't you think? Like, oh, absolutely. getting over that Boston hump in the first round would probably give them a little extra juice going into the second round. I, not that it may matter, though, man. The freaking East is just ridiculous. What all eight? Excuse me. What all eight teams have a hundred points in the standings, which is just absurd. Yes. Um, I mean, you you look at all eight teams, and you cannot convince me that there's not a scenario where all eight of them not only make the final, but probably win the whole thing. Like, they're that good, every single team. I don't trust Pittsburgh that much. I don't think they're all that great. But if the Penguins with Sidney Crosby, Evgeny Malk, and Chris Letang are the worst team in the Eastern Conference, that's probably a sign of how good the playoffs, you know, the Eastern Conference is this yeah. year. So, I really – I think the – the Canes, if they can shut down the perfection line, I don't think Boston has many other weapons that really scare me. True. Yeah. I'm sure. going to be honest. Um, but the, the thing I keep going back to, man, and, and I don't really think they'll be the ones that draw the matchup, especially when the Hurricanes have home ice. I think it'll be Shea and Pesci. Mm-hmm. If it's but Slavin, the whole D'Angelo, yeah, the, the yeah. top pairing D'Angelo thing, I, I still – that's the biggest thing that gives me pause about the Hurricanes is how that tandem is going to work out. Because, you know, if you're not using Slavin in your, you know, top defensive role, then you're kind of handicapping yourself because he's your best defender. But it's like because of his partner, you don't really want them out against the opponent's top line. I don't know. Well, it's, it's And also, Brady Shea has been excellent this season. Like Brady Shea and Pesci both have been awesome. Yeah. Fantastic. So this is something we'll probably get into after the season is over, but I am very curious to see what the Canes decide to do defensively this off season. Yeah. Because off the top of my head, I know that D'Angelo bear Smith and Cole are free agents. Yeah. yeah. Okay. I think that I think they'll bring Cole back. Um, I can see them bringing Smith back even. I think D'Angelo's probably gone. Yeah, right. And and they're not going to get raises. They're probably just going to be brought back for what they got or even a little less. Mm -hmm. Um, I I think D'Angelo's probably gone just for cap reasons. Or maybe not. Maybe maybe he doesn't, you know, go out on the market and want to get 
the top dollar because he's had success here and the team's good. And, you know, I, I who knows how that's going to work out. I, I don't really know what D'Angelo will go for. I think if he wants like a market rate, he's not going to get it here um, for what he is, you know, because he's a good offensive defenseman. Flawed, yeah. but good. But if they let him walk, like you said, we could probably, you know, spend 30 minutes on this conversation alone because you could go in a lot of different directions. But the Hurricanes are going to need to replace that offense somehow. Yeah, Slavin's been really good offensively this year, as have both Shea and Pesci. But you don't have a natural PP1 quarterback without D'Angelo. So that's complicated. And I think Bears might be gone, too, if we're being honest. You know, I think Alex has said this a couple of times, and I kind of hate it because I like the player. And he's just kind of had shit luck all year long where he gets hurt and then gets back and he's not really looking like himself. And then he finally gets in a groove again and then he gets hurt again. So it's really just been a tough luck year for bear. But uh, I think considering how much he gets scratched, it's probably, he's probably gone after this season. Yeah. Again, I don't want to dwell on that too much because like, like I said, we do have a long time, hopefully a long time until the Canes are, you know, out (laughs) of the playoffs. Hopefully they win a Stanley cup, you know, but. Yeah, it'd be nice. I can't sit here and say, like, we're going to win a Stanley Cup because, I mean, look at the East. All eight teams had over 100 points. There are no bad teams in these playoffs. No, It's insane. And, I mean, even beyond that, like, let's just look at the Eastern Conference, the teams that, like, didn't make it. Like, the Islanders were expected by many to, what, maybe win the Metro this year. Like, you know, they've been pretty good in recent years. And, you know, it's very feasible that next year they're right back towards the top of the division. And then you got teams like New Jersey who have a lot of potential that are maybe just not quite there yet. Maybe need a couple more pieces. The Red Wings are definitely, they they are weird. They're kind of hard to figure out, but like the Red Wings, (laughs) but like the Red Wings, like you see a team like that, that team's going to be nasty in the next couple of years with all that young core that they've built there that they've already given the hurricanes fits. I mean, I, I could be wrong, but when you think about how, more cider grows over the next few years and some of the young forwards they've got. I think that team's going to be really good before long. And, you know, even like Buffalo, like they have some interesting young pieces. That's probably the team I have the least faith in to actually be good within the next few years. But really, that's actually the team I have the most faith in. Really? Okay. Well, that's interesting. Owen Power, I, I would, I would definitely be Detroit. Over. And, yeah. Dolly's um, had a really Samuelson. good year. The team still stuck. <laughs> Adding Owen Power is a big deal. Yeah, You've power got Jack nice. Quinn and JJ Paterka down in the yeah. AHL. That's true. They've got two. They've got a potential lottery pick plus Vegas's pick in this year's draft. Vegas. <laughs> <laughs> we can go off on that uh, one too, but I think they've been getting dunked on by the entire NHL community enough the last few days. Listen, man. Every team needs to experience losses. For me, I like the way like Vegas runs their team because it's always fun. They're always going to trade for a superstar and you have no idea how it's going to work. It's literally <laughs> like Vegas. I but, don't care. I don't care about picks at all. I want now, but at the same time, <laughs> it's really great seeing Vegas lose for the first time because their fans and their social media have been <laughs> so obnoxious. They needed to be humbled. Absolutely. Even they're on their like second or third, like Twitter person, Twitter admin, I guess. They obviously are just intentionally hiring the most obnoxious people. Very shitty. (laughs) (laughs) 
no I, I will say like the canes have kind of fallen into that category as well of like the kind of cringy like gotcha stuff sure but there's something to be said about how annoying vegas is so i don't know um i'm i'm looking forward to these playoffs man i think it's going to be fun yeah for sure it's it's definitely going to be a hell i mean there's no bad series in the east that's going to hold true all the way through i mean it, and it's going to be fun storylines to watch like are, are the panthers going to just run roughshod like they have all season or are they going to i i did hear another interesting stat I'm gonna, this, i promise this is the last time i'll reference that interview i listened to earlier with adam and uh rod but the hurricanes have the best record at least it might be in the eastern conference it might be in the entire league but because they're mm-hmm. so good against the west too but they have the best record for sure in the eastern conference against other playoff teams yeah. and again we know how good they've been against the west so that might be league-wide so, and of course they haven't beaten the Panthers yet, but the Hurricanes have also kind of morphed into a position where they're not the new guys anymore. And Florida kind of is, yeah, you know, they, they so. haven't really been here and, and done this before. And even a lot of their new pieces haven't been there that long. So you don't really know for sure on paper, Florida looks like a freaking unit that, you know, probably is the favorite to win the cup right now. Mm. but the hurricanes have been here and they play a style that works in the playoffs. They've proven that. So with, you know, Tampa Bay, not having a $20 million over the cap roster this year, I think the hurricanes have a good chance at any, especially the way they've kind of turned it on of late. It really looked more like the team, you know, (laughs) I tweeted the other night, shame on myself for doubting this team because when the time like comes, they always turn it on. They've done that the last few years. You know, they've had their issues during the regular season. It's an 82 game season. Everybody goes through struggles, right? But the I mean, Hurricanes proved to the New Rangers York. the other night. Exactly. Exactly. That's what I was going to. Uh, during the Rangers game is when I said this. It's like, then you get into this big spot. You're missing both of your goalies. You got this 22 year old kid in, and it's like, oh no, we're just going to dominate the first 55 minutes or however long it was until they kind of let off the gas. And, you know, the first one was a bad bounce and it just kind of gave the Rangers a little life and stall failed to get that puck out on this, on the third goal. Um, rare mistake from him, but they locked it down. No worse for the wear. Um, and again, like I said, during that game, like they just kind of looked like the hurricanes we've come to expect. And that should give you a lot of faith going into the playoffs that they're going to do, you know, what they need to do to move on. Probably. I am really excited to see how Seth Jarvis plays in the playoffs. He's been so good for like a month. And a I was going to say he has been, he's been consistently good all season long. Like he's had a few little hiccups here and there. Sure. But recently Seth Jarvis has been otherworldly. People are bringing up that he outscored Svetch in his rookie season. And I, or like, outscored Svetch's pace in his rookie season, if that makes any sense. Yeah. And Jarvis is a year older, so I'm putting less. And he's also been on the first line as opposed to next to Martinuk, but, you know. Yeah, well. I will say, even Martinuk had a really good year that year. Like, it happens. But we are so – we're just starting to see, like, glimpses of what Seth Jarvis can be. He's only 20 years old, and he's already, like, He's already able to play a top line game against top lines of other teams. Right. That's crazy. 
coming out of the WHL with very little AHL time, like barely any. And it wasn't even like the real AHL. All right. Uh, before we jump into anything else, Tracking the Storm is a proud part of the Hockey Podcast Network. So we're going to take a second, get a quick word from DraftKings. Hockey fans, feel the action on the ice like never before with DraftKings Sportsbook, the official sports betting partner of the NHL. Right now, new customers can bet just $1 on any team to win and get $150 in free bets when they do. If Sportsbook isn't available in your state yet, you can still hit the ice for cold, hard cash. New customers can make their first deposit and play free for thousands with DraftKings Daily Fantasy Hockey Contest. Draft your lineup of eight skaters and a goalie and rack up points for goals, assists, saves, and more. DraftKings is safe, secure, and reliable. And best of all, you can deposit and withdraw your cash whenever you want. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use promo code THPN. Bet just $1 on any NHL team to win and get $150 in free bets if they do. That's code THPN at DraftKings Sportsbook, the official sports betting partner of the NHL. 21 and up, restrictions apply. See the show notes of wherever you catch our podcast for important details. And we're back. And we're back. Before we continue with the second half of the podcast, I do also want to send our best wishes to Hurricanes broadcaster Trip Tracy. Obviously, the Canes put out a statement saying he's taken some time off to take care of some personal issues. And, um, we just send him the best. Um, we don't need to be the ones to say it, but the entire Canes Nation is behind Trip Tracy, and we can't wait to see him back. Yep, I don't have anything to add to that. Spot on. All right, so we know where the Hurricanes are at. We are getting ready to start playoff hockey. It's going to be a very, very fun run. But that is not the only reason for excitement within the organization because the Chicago Wolves have been just as good, if not even better. Um, so we actually did want to take a little bit of time to, you know, talk about them. We we're going to have plenty of playoff coverage coming for you here soon and quick little plug next week. We're actually going to do a little, uh, collab with the Boston Bruins podcast. So be on the lookout for that. We're going to, you know, again, assuming something crazy doesn't happen and we're not actually playing the Bruins, but that is in the works for now. So late, late next week, we should, uh, have some fun little content there and give you some perspective from the other side as well um, while we break down that series. But we did want to talk a little bit about the Chicago Wolves because, I mean, if you just go look at their stats page, they've had a crazy year. Andrew Podorowski is on the verge of a hundred freaking points. Stefan Nason has what, 44, 45 goals at this point. And then you've got like a ton of young, talented guys that to varying degrees have had huge success as well. Um, Jamison Reese kind of had his struggles the first half or so of the year, but really turned it on late. You got Jack Drury, who's got, I think, about 49 points. He's closing in on 50. Maybe he can get that 50th point tonight. Yeah, 49 points in 66 games. C.J. Smith is one point under point a game. Like, I I wouldn't put it past Podorowski to get three points tonight and hit the 100-point mark. And you don't Especially see that against the, Grand Rapids. <laughs> okay, yeah. And especially in the AHL, it's just not a number you see a lot. I remember, what was it, Keith the Coin hit it for the um, – Regularly. Uh, <laughs> yeah, that, that, he was interesting, man. I, I actually had hopes for him at one point just because I saw the point totals and I was like, maybe, and then yeah, – Points equals good, Brandon. I've been saying this yes, for years. Yes, yes, yes. Okay, well, when Keith the Coin was around, I was like 12, so leave me alone. So, Matt, Matt, what have you seen from these guys lately, and uh, what should we be watching for in the playoffs when they come for the AHL? Chicago is so, so deep. Mm-hmm. And I think Jack LaFontaine played very well 
on Friday night. I think that was probably the best he's looked as a pro. Um, Dylan Wells was great um, coming up from the ECHL. He, he's been a good AHL goalie in the past. Um, he's just been in the ECHL this year just because of Chicago. But the scariest thing about the Chicago Wolves team is the fact that Vasily Ponomaryov has been so damn good for the Wolves. I figured Such that's what you were going to go to. Noel Gundler has also been really good, too. Um, yeah. The points are just now starting to come, but I think since he got to the AHL, he's been looking really good. Um, yeah. And friggin' Panamarov, 20 years, just turned 20 not that long ago, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, back in March, and he's scoring at a point per game, small sample, but he's got 10 points in 10 games, three goals. Yeah. And um, almost all of them, if not all of them, are primary points. Yeah, I've noticed that as well, you know, just from following you on Twitter and just seeing the assists he's dishing out. It seems like he's making the pass every time for the finish. Um, he's definitely one to be excited about. Maybe one that, you know, some of us, or I, I guess I shouldn't speak for other people, but, you know, at times this year, I kind of wasn't sure what to expect for him from him. You know, I, I don't want to say I was down on him, but I just, like, feel like I didn't see much out of him because of his low playing time when he was in the KHL and, you know, and just not having that much access to overseas games anyway. But the, he's definitely opening some eyes, I'm guessing, right now, especially in a system like this one that he fits so well in. You know, that's what yes. we've been saying with Drury for years or for a couple of years now. And we're starting to see as he's pushed up towards getting, you know, knocking on the door of the NHL. Panamarov's looking like the guy's going to step right into that role next year and be that, like, young guy to watch every single night for Chicago. And maybe he's not that far away from, you know, his NHL debut. If he keeps playing at this level. Panamaryov to me is the exact same player as Jack Drury. And I, I mean <laughs> that as a compliment. Yeah. Yeah, sure. Well, um, I would hope that if you're saying he's like Drury, you know, I don't know how anybody would take that. It's not a compliment. Drury's a hell well, of a prospect, <laughs> you know, Certain people might think like, oh, well, you say he has like third line upside. And I'm like, a third line player is still an NHL player. Jordan Stahl has been a third liner his entire career. Is he not a good player? Yeah, he's been in the NHL for well over a thousand games. Right. Yeah. I mean, he was miscast as a second liner at times, but you know. Sure, but take a look at those Canes teams. What the hell were they exactly. going to do? <laughs> right. Um, but you take a look at the way Ponomaryov plays – He's aggressive on the puck. He's constantly involved in puck battles. His vision is outstanding. Um, Darren York, when he was on, he was Elite Prospects used to have a podcast with Craig Button for a little while. He came on that podcast and Darren York was uh, our, at the time, director of player development now, or he was head of amateur scouting at that point. Now he is... Um, our assistant GM on the amateur side of things. He was saying Panamaryov has so much skill in his game and it's such underrated skill. It's just, he's playing on teams that don't utilize that skill. So once he gets to that point, people are going to be like, where the hell did this kid come from? Right. Cause like even in the QMJHL, they were mostly using him as like a shutdown guy. Which yeah. He Cause he's at. the only forward in the QMJHL that could play defense. <laughs> right. Right. That was very, very rare. They didn't know how to use it. <laughs> they didn't know yeah. what to do with a player that actually defended. <laughs> <laughs> he was definitely a unicorn in that league. Yeah. Um, 
But Noel Gunnar is, I mean, Chicago has a lot of guys who can put the puck in the net, but very few that can put the puck in the net like Gunnar can. He's a natural Stephen Mason, yes. He's a sniper and a natural finisher. Nason is a finisher, but I wouldn't call him a sniper. Right. Like, yeah, yeah. Gunnar definitely the has best that shot in the system. So good. Bar yeah. none. Yeah. Svechnikov that's what we've been harping be on for years him. now. We've been harping on that for years now. It's like, you know, and that's it's something that I've kind of pulled up at times this year about the Hurricanes, too. It's like, do they have the finishing to keep up with a team like Florida or Tampa Bay? Um, and that's question is still to be answered, I guess. But Gunler is a guy that you could kind of see filling in that role someday as like, you know, you place him on a guy like Tara Vinen or, you know, Natchez's wing. My God. <laughs> you can't see Matt's face right now, but he's he's making a little O face at that. I was like, ooh, yeah. <laughs> Gunler and Tara Vinen would be so much fun, man. Right? And Natchez um, too. I mean, Natchez has obviously had his struggles this year, and if you're quitting on him already, then shame on you, but Someday down the line, that could be a very, very fun pairing too. A lot of skill, a lot of one-on-one ability, and obviously a great playmaker and a great shooter. So could work. Oh, yeah. I'm not quitting on Natchez. I just think it's time to put up or shut up. Yeah. I mean, I'll probably but, do that. If he struggles like this again next year, I'm going to feel that way. But for now, yeah. I'm I'm chilling. For me, another thing is Alex Lyon is supposedly good to go for the playoffs, which is huge. That's big. The Wolves yeah. need that. Because we still don't know when Anderson's going to be healthy. And I think at this point, you don't take Piotr out of the locker room. Yeah, for sure. Um, it's been adorable seeing him and Svetch. <laughs> uh, and the hugs he thinks he's just like supposed to get every single night. Well, it's, it, I think it's funny. He's now just like a part of it. He just wants to be a part of the ritual yeah, and he's going to do it. And he's like, hell but yeah. See, th- these hug. are the reasons that like part of me wants him thinks there's an there's 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 merit behind him starting you know that was the idea behind all this it's like there's something to be said for that charisma and that like you can tell the guys love him i think i said that after his first game it's like you can just see the way the guys interact with him that they already love him and and there's something to be said for that like having him behind you like that you're gonna want to go balls out for him i'm not saying ranta doesn't like the guys don't like him don't get me wrong like i'm I'm sure they love ranta too yeah exactly but you know, there, there's something about this young rookie that like came in when the team needed him and played his ass off and got three mm-hmm. wins in three games. And, you know, they kind of want to return the favor in a way. Yeah. And as decent as Jalen Chatfield has been for us, I don't see there's a reason for him to come up to the Canes next year. Sure. I think the Canes brought him in to be a Brendan Smith type replacement. Yeah, I would love to have him just be the seventh D that factors in on that third pairing for sure. Exactly. This year, though, let him help the Wolves win a Calder Cup. Yeah, absolutely. I agree. Because if you think about it, out of that Wolves team, you know, you've got Hayden Flurry, Martin Natchez. Actually, you know what? Let's take a look at that Checkers team that won a Calder Cup. Give me two seconds and I'll pull it up. I'm curious. I want to look and see who was on that team. So on that team that year, you have out of goaltenders or out of players that are now in the NHL. 
Alex Nadelkovich, Jake Bean, Hayden Flurry. Jesper Selgren was on that team. He's been a great defender for for Chicago this year. Clark Bishop been up and down with Ottawa this year. Patrick Brown, same deal with Philly. Phil DiGiuseppe, somehow. <laughs> Although he might have been a waiver claim. He, he didn't win the cup with the team, now that I think about it. Julian Gauthier, Morgan Geeky, both NHL players. Yanni Kuokkanen, obviously an NHL player with the Devils. Steven Lawrence plays with the Canes now. Stelio Matheos is currently with the Wolves. Natchez Podorowski, still with the Wolves. <laughs> Nicolas Waugh. Nicolas Waugh. He's had a very good year, by the way. Yes. He's learned how to skate, which has helped. Yeah, <laughs> that has helped. And then Spencer Smallman. Another that piece is of that depth that's been team. a very good player in a very like kind of low-key role. He's had another very good year. He's been outstanding for Chicago this year, man. He's but kind yeah. of their glue guy. He's like their version of like McGinn or somebody. Exactly. None of those players are like wow factor players now. That's right. just kind of how it shakes out sometimes. But that's a lot of players on that team that are now in the NHL. That Calder Cup run was huge for those players' development. Sure. And to be honest, it boosted Stephen Lawrence. He yeah. finally got a chance to play against Toronto and assisted on that overtime game winner. And then the next season, Ryan Worsowski's like, all right, cool. You can play in the top six. And he went with it and is now in the NHL. Yep. So yep. the more playing time our players get and the more playing time they get in big situations like that, the better. Yeah. It's still, you know, I mean, let's be honest, there's 16 other teams that make, or there's 15 other teams that make the playoffs. Only one of them is going to win when it's all said and done. Same with the NHL. But the more games you play in the playoffs, the more experience your players get, and the more it builds and adds to that winning culture. Sure. Absolutely. Plus, Ryan Warsawski's a hell of a coach, man. Uh, we've talked about that many times before, and that's, that's definitely – Hell, it might be an understatement because he, I mean, I give it two, three years before he's in the NHL in some capacity. Are you sure it's even that long? <laughs> like, that, that it feels depends like because I think the Canes are going to fight really hard to keep him. Yeah, I, I think they should too. Hell, put him on the put him on the bench with Rod. I mean, I, I yeah, I don't, I don't You've know. Got they, they're Jeff very Daniels much cut and from Tim the Gleason, same, though. That's true, and they're very much cut from the same cloth, and that's why he's such a perfect fit down there in the AHL. Because, you know, I've, I've said this exact sentence before. He's such a perfect buffer between what the Hurricanes want to do at the NHL level, Rod Brendamore, and what they're developing their players at the AHL level to be. Yeah. Like, he's, he's, it's just a perfect pairing of an, or a, a minor league coach and an NHL coach. And, and I do think it's played a huge role in, you know, the Hurricanes having the development pipeline that they've had and pushing out these – AHL players and NHLers like the guys you just mentioned with even Natchez and um, Stephen Lawrence and yeah, hell, I can't think of them all right now, but there's other guys on that roster that spent time with him. So do you remember back in 2014 when Tim Gleason was traded and like, he, he said something along the lines of like, you know, they asked him what was different and he was like, well, the culture in the locker room is actually good. 
Right. And we were all like kind of pissed at him for like turning his back on the Canes because he was such a beloved Canes player. Oh, I loved him. He's a badass. And then we get to the point where we're like, you know, the culture here kind of sucks. I always go back to like, maybe Tim Gleason had a point. (laughs) But like somebody brought up last night, like, do you think he ever gets envious of the defenseman we have now, given what he had to play alongside back (laughs) when he was playing with us? And I was like, he absolutely has to. Probably. Yeah. My mom loved him uh, as an aside right there. It's like my mom's favorite player was Tim Gleason. Hey, man. <laughs> my mom's favorite player was Nathan Gerby because. Oh, uh, yeah. My sister loved Nathan Gerby because my sister's like four foot ten. Yeah. My sister <laughs> or my, my mom is like five two on a good day. Whitney was my mom's other favorite. Oh, God. We probably shouldn't even go down this road. Bro, uh, my mom I love Ray Whitney, Whitney, though, man. I loved Ray I Whitney. Loved too. Ray he Whitney. was one of my favorite Hurricanes. Speaking of some of my favorites, Dustin Brown retired today, and I'm very sad about it. Back in my playing days, dude, like, I mean, he, his prime was when I was probably like 11 or 12, you know, until I was probably 14, you know, probably from the age I was like nine to like 14. That's when he was like at his best and he was just destroyed everybody. So, yeah, so, so physical and like just crushed everybody. Then was scoring 30 goals every year too. Like I wanted to emulate him exactly. So I'm really going to miss watching him. He's he's obviously at the end of his career and he's not quite the player he used to be. He had a little bit of a brief, you know, career turnaround the last few years. And, and he's certainly not bad by any means, but um, definitely going to miss being able to watch Dustin Brown. One of my favorite players yeah. of all time. I think that's going to do it for this week. Like we said at the beginning, it's going to be a shorter episode because I mean, obviously tonight as we're recording this, it's the last game of the regular season against the New Jersey Devils. And then we should know our playoff matchup by like tonight or tomorrow night. Um, but that's going to be By the time you guys next are hearing week, this, probably. Yes, next week starts the playoffs. Um, I can't wait. I'm, I just found out I'm going to game two. Nice. So that's really exciting. Um, Chicago Wolves are going to be in the playoffs pretty soon. They play tonight as well. And folks, I mean, look at it right now. Metro Division champs best season in franchise history how could you not say that it's a great time to be a carolina hurricanes fan 